0: They're in the flood waters and they're, they're floating into buildings and destroying them. Right in, in Nebraska, out in the Midwest of this country. Farmland being flooded. Cattle being drowned. It was just back in January that a half million cattle and sheep drowned in Australia. Now we've got cattle drowning in America. See what y'all don't see is little by little, God's cutting off the food chain to this country. You let God cut the food chain off, cut off the bread supply, He'll get folks' attention. When people can't eat, you're going to get their attention. God knows how to get our attention. See, this is what God spoke to me. And I've spoke this to people several different times, but it's in Psalms 46. And I believe God's with us. How many of y'all believe God's with us? But in verse seven it says, "The Lord of Hosts is with us. The God of Jacob, He is our refuge." Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolation He hath made in the earth! He maketh wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He becometh the chariot. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I'm God. How many times have y'all heard me say that God was speaking for us to be still and know that He's God? You can't get people to do it. What is it in this life that's got us so bound that we got to do what it takes to survive in this world and then some, but yet we can't come aside and give God any time at all? People just caught up. They caught up, they ain't got time for God, they ain't got time for prayer, they ain't got time to come to church, they ain't got time to seek God, they ain't got time to live for God. But I'm going to tell you something. God cuts your bread supply off, you'll have time to set your house in order. You'll have time to set your house in order. But he said, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The the God of Israel is our refuge. I believe God's with me. Do you believe God's with you? Then He ought to be manifesting Himself in your life. He ought to be revealing Himself in your life. I told you that last week. That spirit's going to fall on you. It's different. You won't ever be the same. So I'm telling you, you won't ever be the same. When I pointed at you last week and told you, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, the spirit fixed to hit you, and God commanded you to speak to these four winds. That's a, that's a powerful spirit. That's an authority of the kingdom. And see, judgment's one thing, but judgment's correction. Judgment can be rebuke. Judgment can be chastisement. But when you move from judgment because you won't obey God to the wrath of God. There ain't no mercy. When the wrath of God comes in, there's no mercy. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? There's no mercy. God deals in judgment. Judgment can be anything from a hard rebuke to a slap on the wrist. But see, God brings judgment to get you back on track. God brings judgment to get you back in line, back into His will. But if you don't hearken to the voice of God in judgment... He said the wrath of God will come on the children of disobedience. And when you keep being disobedient somewhere, the wrath of God's gonna catch you. Did you all hear what God just spoke a while ago? He said the wrath of God is fixing to hit this generation. Because people won't listen. People will not listen. And God has told us time and time again, be still. Be still. Be still. And know that I'm God. We still didn't know. People don't know. And I've told y'all for two or three years now, people fix to know the God of this Bible. But it ain't just God of love everybody preaches. It's just God of judgment and wrath that they, they fix to come to understand. But I'm going to Ezra, the ninth chapter. And God put this in my spirit about two or three days ago. There's an act of God in the making. I'm telling you, there's an act of God in the making. And what my fear is, is people are going to miss the time of their visitation because they can't put aside things in this world. You know, the Bible tells us if we, uh, if the cares of this world choke the word of God in our life, that we'll become unfruitful. And bring forth no fruit unto perfection. Anybody here want to come become unfruitful? You won't reach the place that God brings forth. He didn't say it bring forth thirty fold, sixty fold. He said you'll bring forth no fruit. There's people that's only going to bring forth thirty fold. There's some people only going to bring forth sixty. But there's some people, the Lord said, if you let the cares of this life choke the word, He said you ain't bringing forth nothing. You ain't bringing forth nothing. I'd hate to know I served God 47 years and then missed. That'd be sad. That's my whole life. But from Ezra, the ninth chapter, in the sixth verse, and said, O oh my God, I am ashamed and blushed to lift up my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head. And our trespass is grown up unto the heaven. Since the days of our fathers have we been in a great trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings, our priests, been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands. To the sword, to captivity, to a spoil, and to confusion of face. As it is this day. Right now, people are in such confusion. They don't know what to do. They don't know which way to go. And they don't know what's right and wrong. I'm talking about spiritually. People are not being taught what's right and wrong. They don't know. And you see what Ezra said here? He said, Our kings and our priests have been delivered into the hands of the kings of the land. The spiritual leaders now. They don't have a word from God. They don't have leadership. They don't have wisdom. They don't understand it. And what did Ezra say? It's brought us to confusion of faith. In other words, people confuse. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to give people leadership. They don't know how to give people leadership. Everything's in, in the church now is entangled in the world. You can't be entangled in the world and teach people to separate themselves from the world. God's trying to separate us from the world. He said, "Come out from among them and touch not the unclean thing, and I will be your God, and you shall be my sons and my daughters." But church ain't separated from the world. It's caught right up in it, and God's people are caught up in. It. Don't care how you cut it. When you don't have time to, when you don't take time, let me put it like that. To pray and study and have a relationship with God every day. You're caught up in this world. You're caught up in the cares of life. And the Lord said, you get caught up in cares of life, He's going to choke that word. It's going to choke that word. And God don't care. I mean, it don't matter to God. You go back and read Ezekiel. He said, if a man in his righteousness leave his righteousness and commit iniquity, he said, it don't matter how long that man's lived righteous. Are y'all y- y'all following me? Don't matter how long that man's lived righteous. If he turns from his righteousness, turns to iniquity, and he's judging his iniquity, he's gonna die in his sins. His past deeds ain't gonna help him none. That's God's word. Did y'all know that? That's God's word. And it was in, I think it well, I, I can't even tell you what year that God spoke to me. And I think it's in Ezekiel 33 where God said, told Ezekiel, I've set you a watchman upon the walls of Israel. God told me years ago, he said, I've set you a watchman over my people. When you hear my word, you better speak it. And I've spoke the word of God for over 40 years now, trying to get people's attention. And God's confirmed the word with signs, wonders, and miracles, prophecy. I mean, you name it, God's confirmed his word, but still ain't got people's attention. We're in a time of visitation right now. And people can't see it. You know why? Confusion of face. People are confused. They don't know what to do. They don't know which way to go. They don't have any leadership, any wisdom, any understanding. But look what God went on and said in verse 8. And now, for a little space, grace has been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape. And to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. For We were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolation thereof and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. That was Ezra, because God had sent Ezra to rebuild the temple. And it wasn't too long after he sent Ezra to rebuild the temple, he sent Nehemiah to rebuild the wall. So what's God trying to do? Rebuild his place of habitation. He's trying to rebuild the temple. Y'all hear me? He's trying to rebuild this temple. Go back over to Ezra 8. And this is where God's fixing to take His people. Brother Michael Harris, our pastor in Fort Payne, called me the other day, and he said, Brother Metter, he said, we need to find time of prayer and seeking God for ministers to come aside so we'll know what to do. When he said that, it wasn't just a few hours. These scriptures hit my spirit. This is in Ezra 8 and verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king abandoned soldiers and horsemen. To help us against the enemy in the way. Because we had spoken unto the king saying the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him. But his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this. And he was entreated of us. You see what Ezra done? He pulled everybody aside and he said we're going to stop right here. And we're going to fast and we're going to be still and we're going to seek God until God stands up for us. How are you going to declare the gospel when nobody knows what to do? Nobody knows which way. People don't even know what to preach. y'all realize people don't even know what to preach now? I've told people for two or three years now, I said preachers are throwing everything out there but the kitchen sink. And most of it's just emotion. And I know y'all have heard me say, because I remember y'all laughing about it, but I said, people just pray in spaghetti prayers. And if y'all know what spaghetti prayers are, they say, spaghetti, when you get it done, you can throw it against the wall and it'll stick. And that way you know it's done. People praying spaghetti prayers are throwing everything against the wall, hoping something will stick and ain't nothing sticking. Ain't nothing happening. You know why? People won't do what they need to. They won't be still and let God reveal itself. I don't know when God's going to do it, but it's, it ain't going to be too long. I'm fixing to find a time and a way. And me and Brother Michael were talking the other day to get some ministry together and just come aside for a few days just to be still and seek the Lord in prayer. we got to have direction. Y'all realize we're going... Somewhere we ain't never been. God said, you ain't, you ain't passed this way before. How you going to go some way you don't know how to go? I mean, you get out there in that truck and you ain't never been on you You get on a road you ain't never been on before. You don't know what's on that road. You don't know what kind of curves, hills, valleys, sudden stops, low bridges. You don't know what's on that road. So God is telling us, you ain't never passed this way before. Be still and get direction. be still and seek my face and if you'll be still, I'll give you a little reviving in your bondage. I'll give you a little reviving. that's what he told him in in uh, Ezra night he said and now for a little space grace had been shown from our God to leave us a remnant to escape. Somebody got to stand for the truth. There got to be somebody God's revealed the truth to. God, God can't destroy everything. Everybody, there's got to be a remnant. There's got to be a remnant. Now, am I making sense to anybody today? There's got to be a remnant that's gonna fight for the faith. But the only way we're gonna have strength and the wisdom to fight for faith, we're gonna to have to be still and know that He's God and let Him reveal Himself. But you know, every time here the last two or three years, I've tried to get preachers to come together and pray, seek his face. They ain't got time. They're to too busy preaching. Too busy preaching, too busy going, too busy running. I remember Sister Daniels preached a message years ago, and she said, ministers are so busy in ministry, they ain't got time to seek God. And he said, she said, they're just running. They're just running. Let me tell you something. You go run, you better have something to say. Because you ain't got anything to say, you ain't going to help people. Right. Y'all heard those saying, a dog chasing its tail? Yeah. You ever seen a dog chase its tail? Yeah. It just goes around and around in circles. Yeah. That's all that's going on in church right now. It's just like a dog chasing its tail. People doing the same thing over and, over and over and over and over and over again. And they wonder why our nation's in the mess it's in. Y'all say what you want to people hollering four more years with Donald Trump. God don't have to give you four more days. It's the hand of God and God mercy that fell on this nation that put that man in office to stand up against the corruption. Well, I don't like this and I don't like that. Let me tell you something. I didn't vote for the man to be my preacher. I voted for him to be my president. I know he's not a... Righteous man, like we believe in righteousness, but he's got a standard. He got a standard, but God put him there. God told us in 2016 before he ever become the candidate, he was out there running with 16, 17 other people. God told us he' gonna he' gonna be the man. He' gonna put him in office, and he' gonna put him up there to clean the swamp. God said, just like I'm fixing to clean up the church, said He fixed to clean up Washington. So I'm telling you something. You better get ready. God's cleaning the church. When the Lord spoke a while ago said He's cleaning the house, you better believe He's cleaning the house. Fearful times. The Bible said it's a fearful thing. Following the hands of the living God. Because, see, God's got a standard. he got a word. And he expects people to abide by that word. You confess his name. You declare you're a Christian. You name the name of Jesus. The Bible said, depart from iniquity. Is that what it saith? Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ do what? Depart from iniquity. Depart from iniquity. But people want to name the name of Christ, and they won't keep living like they want to live. And it's what I've been telling people. I said, people serving the God of their imagination. There's no God out there that you're going to live like you want to live and pray and get him to bless you, prosper you, keep evil, destruction, keep all this stuff out. And you, you're living like you want to live. That ain't God's word. There's things God requires. And I'm telling you. God's Spirit is no longer going to strive with man. When God spoke up to Noah, He said, He said, The end of all flesh has come up before me. He said, My spirit is not always going to strive with man. He said, Man's days are 120 years. And from that point right there, Noah started building the ark. 120 years it took him to get it ready. When he got it all ready, got everything prepared, got it all stocked up, God said, now, come in the ark. Noah, his wife, his three sons and their wives, went in the ark. God left the door open seven days. Regardless of what Hollywood's told y'all, Noah didn't go out and round all them animals up. He didn't go out and play a flute like the Pied Piper. And them animals follow him in the ark. The Spirit of God went out there and began to draw for seven days that ark door stayed open, and every one of them animals was moved by the Spirit of God. Them animals had more sense than people did. Because all they done was stood off on like I'm gonna tell you something. If I'd have been there and I'd seen all them animals walking in that ark on their own, I, I think it made me start thinking. But for seven days and nights God left that door open. What did Ezra say right there? He said, God's given us a little space. A little grace. He's giving us a little space. Because there's a remnant that God wants to bring into this. When God spoke by Paul and he said, we which are alive and remain, that's your remnant. That's your remnant. There's something being set up in the earth. There's an act of God. There's an act of God in the earth. I hope people can hear me today. I hope I can hear what I'm saying because I'm not just up here talking. The Spirit of the Lord fell on me in prayer this morning and God began to put this in my spirit and He spoke to me in that Psalms 46. He said, I've been telling people for two or three years, be still. Be still and know. Be still and know.
1: God even had me
0: make a plaque like what I give you, Sister Deborah. I made a plaque, put the words on it. Be still and know that I'm God. Psalms 46 and 10. And I took and gave it to somebody. And when I gave it to them, they looked at me and said, God told you to give me this, didn't He?" I said, yeah. I said, the Word of the Lord has been hand-delivered to you. Can't get no plainer than that. I mean, I hand-delivered the Word of the Lord. Put it right in their hand and I said, now, be still. Be still. It ain't being still physically being still up here. You need to be still physically, but being still mentally, that's a big challenge for folks. Because even when we're still physically, this mind is just a churning. And the warfare, you, you can be sitting still, and that warfare, that mind just be a churning, just be a going, just be a turning, what we call turning and burning. And it's not centered on God. The man whose mind is stayed upon the Lord. I will keep him in perfect peace because he trusted in me. Isaiah 26 and 3. How many people you know that can get their minds straight upon the Lord? I tell you, I'm having to do a lot of work to discipline my mind. Because I don't care what time I go to bed. If my eyes come open, I don't care if I've been in bed an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, and my mind gets going, that's it, I'm up. I'm up. And I'm having to learn to steal my mind and discipline my spirit. And sometimes I'll make myself go back to bed. I'll make myself go to sleep if I can. Because the Lord said in His Word, and I believe it's Second Timothy 1 and 7. He said, Lord, did not give us a spirit of fear. But He's given us a spirit of power and of love. Does might know what the next part of it says? and what? What's a sound mind? Disciplined mind. A mind that stayed on the Lord. See, people will quote that they don't even know what a don't even know what a sound mind is. Oh, the Lord's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. Oh God to give you love. You ain't got love if you don't have a disciplined mind. <laughs> Ooh, did I say that out loud? You have love if your mind ain't disciplined. And that's why he said, be still. God's talking to us. And it was last week the Lord spoke in the prophecy when the Spirit fell on Christopher and then it fell on me. And the Lord spoke in that prophecy. And he told us, he said, go back to fasting. Go back to fasting one day a week. He said, and the Spirit moves. Take it two days a week and then take it three days a week. You can ask my wife. When we got married, I was already living what I call a fasting-dedicated life. We fasted three days a week, every week for years. Because i have done it for years. Ever since I'd just about been saved, I'd fasted three days a week. You fast Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and eat late Wednesday evening. Every week. Every week. Because it keeps your carnal man buffeted. It keeps a lot of things out of your mind and out of your spirit. There's a lot of things God people fighting that they wouldn't be fighting if they'd get into a Time of fasting, seeking God. And God said, I'm taking you back to it. I'm fixing to set me a day of fasting. And I'm going to start, and when the Lord moves, I'm going to go two days, and then I'm going to go three days. And I'm going to tell you something, that ain't going to be easy for me, but I'm going to do it by the Spirit of God. Some things I'm fighting in my body, it ain't going to be easy for me to fast one day, much less three. But I'm going to do it. You know why? The Spirit of God said to Spirit of God said to. You. Why? We got to get back to that place. We can walk with God. And God ain't saying now, I'm giving you two or three years to set you a day of fasting. God said, God said do it. Amen. He said, do it. There is going to be a performance of the things God spoken. Y'all go back and listen to that prophecy from last week. God spoke about a what house? Yeah, there it is. Talk about the house of Cornelius. Do y'all know what happened in the house of Cornelius? you anybody know what happened in the house of Cornelius? Acts 10th chapter. Peter went to the Gentiles. Peter went to the Gentiles in Acts 10th chapter, and God poured out the Holy Ghost. I think it's on 76 people. God poured out the Holy Ghost. Bible says in Acts 10, and while Peter yet spake the word, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Now, I ain't talking about Jews, Sister Deborah. I'm talking about heathen. I'm talking about Gentiles. I'm talking about people the Jews wouldn't have no fellowship with because they looked at them as unclean. God chose heathen to pour his spirit out on. What did God tell us in November 2017? I've opened a great and effectual door among the Gentiles. And God spoke and said, we're fixing to see an act of God like a house of Cornelius. And I'm fixing to pour my spirit out on. Even told my son, Christopher, he said, you're going to be a part of a house of Cornelius experience going to be a part of it. So see, God's getting us ready to use us if we'll be still and know that He's God. We'll just be still and know that He's God and get the mind of God, get the leadership of the Spirit. What did Paul say? If you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But you got to learn to walk in the Spirit. We know how to walk in the Spirit. We've been taught how to walk in the Spirit. We just won't walk in the Spirit. But to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Everything you put in your spirit, everything you put in your mind that's not of God is going to cause warfare. But yet we'll do it. Time after time after time, no't matter if it's a song, no't matter if it's a radio program, a TV program, a book, we'll put things in our spirit and in our mind that don't have nothing to do with God. Kind of like people hoard things in the natural. You got a certain area and you keep cramming things in there. And then when you'll have no use for them, they ain't good for nothing. It did get you nowhere. Then you got to come in and clean it all out. Kind of what goes on up here. <laughs> we keep hoarding all this stuff up here. It ain't doing us one bit of good in our walk with God. But things we need to hoard up up here ain't getting hoarded up. <laughs> so God's talking to us. Amen. God's talking to us. And I'm going to tell you, that thing out there in Nebraska, she's reading showing me pictures of it on the news this morning, how them icebergs just floating down the street, destroying towns. I mean in the river in Nebraska. Icebergs. Big chunks of ice just floating in towns and surrounding towns, floating in the buildings, just destroying towns. It's crazy. You would have never thought in this nation that you could ever see anything like that. But what God tell us? Strange things, unprecedented things, storms, winds, rains. He said with hail, lightning, thunderstorms, whirlwinds. He said, I'm going to plead with my people. God's pleading with people to get right. Because if judgment don't set you in order, wrath of God will take you out. That's what people don't understand. There's a difference between the wrath of God and the judgment of God. You better thank God for the judgment of God, because that's God's mercy. That's God's mercy, because the judgment of God corrects you. Wrath of God don't carry it; it'll just take you out. Because judgment hadn't corrected you. If you don't let judgment correct you, the wrath of God, it'll eventually come. Just like I was telling you a while ago, God kept correcting Israel, correcting her, correcting her, and correcting her, and she wouldn't listen. So God just sent a big army and camped around about them about two, I think it's somewhere in the ninth year, they said he besieged Israel, and somewhere in the eleventh or twelfth year, he took it over. Israel failed, Jerusalem failed. And then what happened to them? They got carried away. One king asked Jeremiah, he said, what's going to happen? He said, if you don't submit yourself to Nebuchadnezzar. He said, let him take you captive and carry you away. He said, got kill key. Key you in your whole house. And you know what they done when Jeremiah told them? They put him in a dungeon. Put him in dung up to his armpits. And one man heard about it and he went to the king pleaded for him. And they made ropes out of rags and took them down and dropped them down and put them under Jeremiah's armpits and raised him up out of that dung pit. I mean, he's in he's in human waste up to his chest. And they said, if you don't get him out of there, you're going to die. But see, Jeremiah spoke the word of the Lord. It cost him, what he spoke it. And I think it was Zedekiah. He told him, he said, if you don't submit to Nebuchadnezzar, you don't let him carry you away captive. He said, "You and everything you got, all your sons, everything you gonna die." He said, "But if you go in that land of captivity and dwell there, he said, there'll be a day God will set you, set your seed free." So they put Jeremiah in that dungeon. When Jerusalem fell, the King took off. They caught him, brought him back, took him to Babylon, watched every one of his sons. They killed him before his eyes. Killed every one of his sons before his eyes, made him watch, and then put his eyes out because he didn't hearken to the word of the Lord. We're in serious times. Perilous times have come upon us. You know, Paul spoke of perilous times in, in I think his First Timothy, it's either further or Timothy. He said perilous times are going to come. We're in perilous times. We're in that time people would not endure sound doctrine. They'll have ears to hear. But with itching ears, they heat themselves teachers I want somebody to tell them good things. Prophesy to us smooth things. Well, I'm sorry, I can't prophesy to you no smooth things. Oh God didn't give me nothing smooth, prophesy to you. I gotta speak the word of the Lord. God spoke here today. People better hear. they better hear what that young man said by the Spirit of the Lord. They better hear what I've spoken. I didn't speak it in prophetic utterance but I've still spoke the word of the Lord. You know, every time the word of the Lord comes, don't mean it's in prophetic utterance. It just means it's spoken. When the word of the Lord's spoken, you're required. You're responsible. You're responsible. You figure all the people in Jerusalem where Jeremiah and them prophesied, whether they heard him or not, they're still held accountable. But I'm going to tell you something. I think the Word got around. I think the Word's got around, Brother Meddor. Speak the Word of the Lord. Close. You know, Paul, in I think it's Acts 20, he met with some people, I think it's on seashore, and he prayed with them, and he looked at every one of them. He said, I'm guilty of no man's blood. He said, I ain't guilty of no man's blood. He said, I've warned every one of you day and night for... Two or three years, I've warned you. I've warned people. Try to get people to live right, do right, come together, fast, praise, seek God, cooperate, work together, let the ministry come forth together. Back in 97, I remember the Lord told me, He said, ministers need to come together in fellowship, listen to one another, learn from one another. You try to get preachers to come together. And try to get them to listen to one another and learn from one another the things they go through. You sit down and talk. You ain't going to get it to happen. It ain't going to happen. But I believe God's putting the body together. It's going to happen. I really do. And I feel like it ain't going to be too long. There's some ministers. To come together, pray and seek God, and God's going to visit them. God's going to visit them. You know, every time you get together, you don't have to preach. You just come together and pray and seek God and and and, and tell people what God's revealed to you, how God's moved in your life what God's done in the working of the Spirit in your life. You'd be surprised out there if people need instruction, need direction. You'd be surprised, people, that God's put something in their life and they don't know what to do with it. I mean, there's there's probably cars out there so technologically advanced you probably couldn't even sit down in them and start them and drive them. I'm serious probably are. And I don't know if y'all remember the, uh, this is back in the 60s if I remember right, maybe in the early 70s. Chevrolet come out what they call a fluid drive. It's standard shift. They called it a fluid drive. And I'm going to tell you something. I was young back then. I thought I could drive anything, but I could not shift gears on that crazy fluid drive, standard transmission, Thrill Threlma. Three on the column. I couldn't, you had to do it just right. And I could not shift gears on that thing. Somebody let me borrow one. My truck was broke down. And I was in a revival some and somebody let me borrow the thing. And I could not shift gears on that thing. I'm going to tell you something. If it had been mine, I can tell you where it had been. It had been in the scrapyard. been up for sale somewhere. Get it in first gear, start off, and go to shift second gear. And y'all heard that saying, if you can't find them, grind them. Grind them, do you find them? Well, I spent plenty of time grinding gears on that. I'm glad when they got my vehicle fixed, because I had to drive that thing about two days. And don't ask me how I got down the road, because I have no idea. Because I couldn't find the gears on it. Got to know when to shift and how to shift. Crazy. And... Here I was probably in my 20s. I thought I could drive anything. I mean, I could probably get behind the 18-wheeler and drove it. Cause I mean, I would drive about anything on wheels back then. I never drove a 16, 18-foot box truck and climbed in one drove it like been driving it all my life. Know how to do the two-speed rear end. But, man, I could not get that thing out of first gear in the second. save my life. See, there's things that God's dealing with people and showing people they don't know what to do with. And they need somebody that can instruct them. Because whole ministry church and everything's without leadership right now. So what do you want? It's without leadership. I'm talking about a word from God, a true word from God. You go back to Second Chronicles 15. And somewhere in those first few verses, it said for a long time, Israel had been with the law and without God and without a teaching priest. That's about where we are now. We've been without the true and the living God. I grew up with a true and living God. A lot of people grew up with a true and living God. They can't find Him now. Amen. Y'all believe God spoke to us today? I believe God spoke to us. Let's go to prayer. Father, I thank You for Your Word. God, and I ask you to get people's attention. Lord, if there's ever been a time we need eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking, Father, it's now. Let your name, Jesus, be magnified. Let it be honored. And let it be glorified. And I thank you, Father, for what you've done in this service today. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I appreciate the Lord. And I appreciate what God spoke. Does anybody need prayer? I'll offer today if anybody needs prayer. If you do, come on right now. If you're not, we're just going to go ahead and I'll pray and we'll be dismissed. Okay. Father, be with us. Order our steps, direct our paths. Let what we do honor and glorify you. Let the very name of Jesus be lifted up and magnified. And we praise your righteous, holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. See you next week.